This is the Saxo Market Call. Daily insights on what is moving the financial markets. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It is Monday, 12th of December, 2022. A huge week ahead with the U.S. CPI up tomorrow. Uh, the print for November. We'll get to that shortly. Just uh, briefly on Friday, we had slightly hotter than expected PPI data, and that spooked the market because U.S. Treasury yields popped back higher, and uh, they popped back higher after breaking down below key levels, 3.5% on the 10-year. I have a chart of that in a moment as well. So market's not liking that, and we're sort of back towards that key pivot, uh, downside pivot in the S&P 500, for example, around 3950 on the uh, March future, a little bit lower, 3910-ish, if you're on the cash index and really not noteworthy performance in our various equity team baskets on Friday it really is about that CPI print, the FOMC the following day, how much the market is investing, uh, you know, or believing in its own view versus what the Fed is likely to say. And uh, just the risk sentiment in general, as well as as we have highlighted these very short term options, which really sets up the potential for explosive volatility day to day. And we saw that especially <laughs> on November 10th. 10th with that October CPI print a bit hotter than so a bit softer than expected and that really pumped the market up as you can see there on slide two on the left that S&P 500 chart I think I saw an estimate I didn't check this myself but something like a three percent volatility intraday on U.S. indices on CPI release days for the last six months so it gives you a sense of where we are uh, and uh, what the of course the one day risk potential is volatility wise and I saw some headline discussing uh, over $3 trillion in options expiries this week. We do have the big options expiry this week as well. So just rolling to slide three, a couple of things to note here, especially on the market's forward view of where inflation will be and what, what, it, allow, what it will allow the Fed, especially the Fed, to do, because the Fed has raised uh, rates more than especially uh, somewhere like Europe. Uh, and you see the forward two-year rate in two years. So that's the two-year, two-year rate you're seeing there on the left chart. Black being Europe and blue being the U.S. And you can see one of the reasons the dollar was able to rally as much as it did was because the rates were so much higher. But look at the relative convergence there. So the two-year rate expected uh, to be, this is not inflation, by the way, this is the policy rate or the the yield for government treasuries uh, plus minus uh, for two years, two years, only 40 basis points apart or so versus back uh, in the late 2021 timeframe when the uh, European rate was still expected to be around zero, whereas one and a half percent for the U.S. So that convergence is part of what has helped the euro dollar back higher. This belief that the Fed is eventually going to have to roll over and start cutting rates probably as soon as Q4 of next year, according to the market. I don't think the Fed will be on that same page and we'll have to look for the dot plot this week. I put that again on the, the right there and put two red dots saying, will they put the median for the end of next year at four and three quarters of five percent or above five percent? If they do the above 5%, that would suggest 75 basis points more of rate hikes after the 50 basis points that's expected and priced for this week. And then finally, in my little uh, too-long monologue, uh, the 3.5% level so key on the U.S. 10-year, that came into view last week. Uh, but with that strong PPI data on Friday, we saw the yield popping back above that key level. You can see the weekly bar there on that little tiny insert from the 10-year rate. And by the way, that that lower um, uh, horizontal line is the 3 and a quarter percent level, which was the cycle high back in 2018. Uh, so that's a that sort of whole zone is really key for the, the longer term uh, yield outlook. All right, 
that's the setup for uh, financial markets, and there will be a global impact as U.S. yields and U.S. dollar are so important around that. But we have here in Europe, we have some a bit of sense of urgency, and in some cases at least, and, and not so in other cases, as you'll show us on slide five with this whole power and, and gas situation. It has been bitterly cold here this week. It has indeed, John, and uh, it looks like it's set to continue uh, this uh, this week at least. So, um, so with that, we're seeing a surge in demand for for power uh, across Europe. Uh, that's being uh, hardest felt in uh, in the UK, uh, where the uh, the wind generation has dropped at the same time. To I think as last I looked, was wind generation was down to uh, somewhere two percent, and <laughs> and on days it's it's well well way higher than that. So basically the we saw the day ahead, and that's really one that's attracting my attention today. Just remember, the day ahead power prices is just a ridiculous, uh, volatile number. It can it can go extremely high, and it can go uh, very low as well. So, but it 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 popped uh, a lot higher yesterday, especially that uh, hour between five and six p.m. this afternoon. Um, but this, I just took the day ahead here on slide five, but, and it just highlights the. The, the 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 predicament that we are facing uh, right now with the, with gas being in at, the, at these very high prices with the transition to wind which is okay when the wind doesn't blow and uh, that's leaving now us in 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 the situation like we we're facing here but at the same time the good news is that the gas prices uh, has actually traded actually traded lower so far today and um, it, it highlights uh, an increase in, in uh, nuclear power per output from France, which is uh, helping the situation in, in, in Central Europe. And uh, also just simply uh, a very, very strong arrival of LNG uh, still coming in, that basically boosting uh, inventories at a, at a time where, where demand is extremely robust. So um, we'll see um, with the, if these con- temperatures basically continues for the next Two to three months, we will be facing some issues uh, at the end of the, this winter. But but for now, just expect these uh, power prices to be very volatile on a on a day to day basis. Uh, the UK has has uh, three coal plants that they can fire up, and uh, so far two of them have been ordered to uh, warm up the kettles, so um, or the turbines. So we'll see what. Uh, so that should prevent a. Uh, a, a blackout. Yeah, it's a bit ironic when you see these the, the contrast there, and and it has a couple of effects. And, and I don't know gasoline or petrol prices are not on this chart, but you see these petrol prices down at. I'm I'm guessing they're at multi month lows at least at the pump here in Denmark, and you see the electricity price somewhat following that UK situation, extremely high today. And if you need to fill fill up your electric vehicle, you're paying something like uh, almost twice the price uh, per kilometer driven. Than you are down at the gasoline pump. I just, it really is a, a big, uh, it, you know, it's a big pushback against the whole agenda of switching, uh, transitioning to EVs. If they can't get that volatility down, it really is a key uh, aspect here, especially if you're paying, which we are now, at least in Denmark, in most cases, paying spot prices for electricity. Uh, but what about the, with the oil situation? Well, I, I, you know, you don't have a slide here, but we have some headlines talking about, uh, or Russia talking about, or threatening at least to. Uh, to reduce output because of these these price caps that the EU is trying to implement. Yeah, it is interesting because, as you say, prices of uh, of energy, uh, fossil fuels, has come down quite significantly, and it is the global uh, recession risk that's uh, driving those. And now, actually, even uh, before we talk about Russia, even now the 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 reopening in in China is causing some uh, some nervousness because of the uh, the rapid uh, uh, rising case counts. So. Um, so and that's where that's basically now worrying the market that instead of the government uh, ordered lockdowns, we now may have a lock. We have a reduction in demand simply simply because people are home in bed, uh, not feeling well. So, so the um, so the Chinese uh, the China saga continues. 
But the the Russian story is also one we need to keep a close eye on this week. Uh, Putin was out, was out on Friday, uh, basically threatening to uh, cut supply uh, to countries uh, who are who are part of the the price cap, saying they uh, it, it's it's not hurting them at all. The prices are they're selling at prices which are which they're very satisfied with. Uh, but the world should not be worried about the Russian budget. It's uh, it's very. It's very fine and healthy, um, and he may cut the uh, production if he feels like it. So that uh, that obviously could have an impact on on prices, but um, it's coming at a time where the market is, is trading on on uh, on on a weak footing, and uh, the question is how much in, in terms of impact it will have, at least on the on a short term basis. We're still worried as we move into twenty three and we get through the winter season here that we will see a pickup in. Uh, that demand will will pick up recession if it doesn't arrive to the extent to the extent that the market has been pricing in, then obviously we will be facing higher prices next year. But at least for now, uh, it is uh, pretty trading pretty benign. And staying on the commodity theme, I just just uh, highlight one uh, one agricultural pro- that product that's corn. We did see a five um, percent drop in the week to last Tuesday. That was the reporting week for the CFTC's uh, speculative uh, um, positioning report, and uh, that basically triggered the biggest exodus out of corn long since August two thousand nineteen. So the grain sector, uh, as you can see on the uh, on the insert there on slide six, we are seeing the six major crops. Um, the the speculative interest there continuing to uh, to decline, and I think that is a, that is a general theme across the commodity space so if we end up in a situation next year where we will see renewed pocket of strength emerging in the commodity market then we will also have a situation where investors and speculators are woefully underinvested um so that is mostly something most certainly something we need to keep an eye on as we start next year the speculative long is down 40 percent on a year uh, as you can see the uh, on slide seven it is the energy sector has seen a lot of deflation here in, in recent months and overall, the total cake, uh, the total open interest of in the futures market, in the commodities futures market right now, has dropped to the lowest in eight years. So um, it, I think part of that is just reflecting the the extreme difficulty that some traders are having uh, navigating these markets uh, this year, where the volatility has been as elevated as it is. So, uh, so, um, but at least we are we're starting twenty three with positioning at a relatively low uh, low level, and I think that makes me worry that the risk is actually to the upside if uh, when and if we have uh, news that, that support uh, higher prices. All right, let's rewind just a little bit to uh, the FX charts. And I'm really not much to report because we are going to see the dollar keying off of this key data point tomorrow, as well as the market's interpretation of what the Fed delivers on Wednesday. Slide four, you can see the euro dollar chart there. We've broken above 105, but we sort of traded back and forth around that level. And the just the cusp of 106 is where the upside trigger is, I think, arguably to the downside, something like 104 to start, but really 103.50 starts to erase a significant portion of this last bit of upside. And you know, across the space, I think the yen will, of course, be the mo- one of the most sensitive currencies to U.S. yields here. And we've been noting that Canadian dollar weakness on weak oil prices, really just nothing new in the FX space here. So we we were getting some more, uh, as you look to the macro calendar at the end of this uh, slide deck, you can see all the different central banks that are meeting here. We could get some interesting relative moves or guidance off of that, but it just feels like the market is not looking for guidance from central banks as a key metric here. Uh, all of them moving into sort of a decelerating message. Some of them looking potentially to be hiking for the last time for the cycle. At least they think so for now. For example, the Norwegian Central Bank, the Nordisk Bank, on uh, Thursday, etc. So 
We'll be watching for that in the FX space this week for sure. But it is the uh, CPI data point tomorrow, expected at plus 0.3%. Uh, at the core, that is the, the key one, I think, that surprises the most if it's uh, off uh, off base, especially to the upside, just given how the, where the market positioning is, so a plus 0.4% or higher. The uh, core, or it's so-called X Food and Energy, is the actual title for this CPI release. Uh, expected a 6.1% year-on-year, and that is that would be down from 6.3% the prior month, and the cycle peak was 6.6% back in September. That was that hot CPI data point that really shocked the market. You can see the earnings preview uh, for this week on slide eight. Peter Garnery did a preview of most of these on Friday's podcast, so have a re- re-listen to that. I've just highlighted the Oracle chart. It's one of those unusual stocks that has really performed very well in recent months, their performance in the last quarter, and then being a slightly more value company than, than many other in tech space, uh, saw quite a rebound. They've executed well in their cloud, et cetera. So uh, it looks like it's coming into this earnings uh, this earnings report in a lot better place locally than many other uh, uh, tech-related companies. And Adobe, a big focus. The deceleration of their growth is a big focus there. And after they got to such nosebleed valuations based on very, very low yields during the pandemic, uh, and now we have, of course, much higher rates and a slower pace of growth. Uh, when can they shore, shore up the damage at some point will be the big focus there. And as I've highlighted, Darden Restaurant's an interesting one for sort of that. How comfortable is the consumer going out and spending money at something unnecessary like casual dining? Uh, be interesting for that report. All right. And you can see the actually it's quite interesting coming into this week as well as highlighted last week that weekly candlestick on the S&P 500. You can see that on slide 10 on the appendix, that engulfing action sort of taking out the last three weeks. So we closed below the lows or below the close as well of the last three weeks. An interesting and rather bearish setup coming into this week. But let's see if that's what we get in terms of a CPI and or the market reaction to that in the FOMC this week, a week that should be quite volatile relative to some of the recent actions. So stay on your toes. Be careful out there. And we'll be back tomorrow with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com.